Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 22nd, 2018. We are reading from the big book on page 18, and we are on the third paragraph, which begins, Highly Competent Psychiatrist. And we'll read for three paragraphs to the top of page 19. Um, Today's readers are Mary Jane Z on the 12 Steps, Kathy G on the 12 Traditions, Christy G, uh, Kathleen O, and Leah S as backup. Um, Thank you all for your service. The reference number for yesterday's special edition on Sunday is 10,941, and the reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting was 10,943. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Jane Z to read the 12 steps. Good morning. May I be heard? You can. Thank you. Hello, my fellows. This is Mary Jane Z, recovered in Kentucky. Here are the steps we took. We One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. And now I will ask Kathy G. I'm sorry, Mary Jane Z. And now I'll ask Kathy G. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Kathy, and good morning, everyone. This is Kathy G., grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater in Illinois. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, and once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 18, the third paragraph down, and I will now ask uh, Chrissy G. to get us started. Good morning, Chrissy G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it's sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution who is properly armed with facts about himself can generally with the entire confidence, win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he's talking about, that his whole department shouts, at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective after such an approach. Many take up their beds and walk again. Thank you. Um, I shared on the earlier meeting, and I am just so touched. I, I, I got an, um, a text that just thanked me for what I shared, and she shared about someone who took the second step last night at a face-to-face meeting with her, and she was an atheist prior to that, and she cried and just prayed to have a higher power like my recovered friend has. And it, oh my God, it just is, touched me so much and just made my day because it's true that we, we can be healers of people with this disease that would go to their grave compulsive overeaters without our intervention. And, you know, it's not to get heady about it and think like, you know, we're, we're, we're just conduits and it's, and it's because we've been, we've scraped our bellies on the ground, you know, in this disease for so long that we can, we can be that conduit. It's just, it's such a paradox and so beautiful. And I want to leave time to hear everybody else share. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Okay, I would like to take names who, with people who would like to share. Mary Jane Z. Mary Jane Z. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Wendy M. Wendy M. Jamie F. Jamie F. Ashley P. Ashley P. Take one more. Stacy T. 
ACT. Okay. Thank you all. What a nice process we just had. And here who is who I have. Mary Jane Z, Kathleen O, Wendy M, Jamie S, Ashley P, and Stacy T. Please go ahead, Mary Jane Z. Good morning. Mary Jane Z, recovered in Kentucky, and highly competent psychiatrist who have dealt with us. I went to therapists for years, and they didn't try to talk me out of my eating because my eating didn't show itself on my body, And that, but I would talk to them about it, and they would be like, what's your problem? You're not gaining weight. It's no big deal. And um, But in my home, my family would talk to me about it, and I would just get angry and defensive and then just choose to eat elsewhere instead of in my home. And um, it wasn't until a a friend that was in another program and she started talking to me about it and then I came into the rooms and heard other people's stories that it was became clear to me that I did have a problem. And um, as I've heard it said, you know, when the person is ready, there's nothing you can say that can stop them. And if they're not ready to hear the message, there's nothing you can say to convince them. And now that I am on the other side, I've worked the steps and I have recovery. Um, It is such an honor and a gift to be able to talk with people heart to heart and, you know, listen to their struggles and their stories and identify with them and show them that there's a way out. And I'm just so grateful that I've I've made it to the other side and, you know, am willing to do the work daily to stay recovered and to be a witness to other people's lives and walk with them on this journey and with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. Kathleen O., please go ahead. Thank you so much, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. This is Kathleen O., recovered in California. And this chapter, There is a Solution, it starts off by telling us that there's how thousands of hopeless men and women like Bill and um, how nearly all of them have recovered and solved the drink problem. And, you know, there's hundreds of people on this meeting every morning And we hear many people say they're recovered and that they have found the solution to this problem. And so we have this common solution to this obsession of the mind, which, you know, kept me eating more and more and totally out of control when it came to food and life in general. And, and that, you know, there's certain foods that trigger the allergy that puts me in this vicious cycle of doing the same thing over and over again. And, when I came into a meeting and I saw people in normal sized bodies that said that they had found a solution to the problem of doing the same behaviors that I had done that I'd never heard anyone else do, you know, um, going into grocery stores, favorite binge food places and sitting in the parking lot and eating and eating and eating. I mean, I didn't think anybody else did that. I never saw anybody else do that. And I thought, you know, there was something uniquely strange about me. So to come into a room and, um, you know, this this line that his whole department shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer and that, you know, 
there there was an answer. There was an answer in these rooms to this crazy behavior that I had. And, um, you know, I, I used to always shut down when a family member or a friend would ask or attempt to help me. I felt judged. I felt misunderstood. It's like they didn't have the problem. They didn't understand. And so to to come in and hear people that I could totally relate to that had an answer, there is a solution to this. And it's not, you know, it's, you know, I train dogs and people come to classes to learn how to train their dogs, but then they have to go home and do it. And it's the same thing with this. If I don't take the action and do these steps and continue to work with other people, um, I love that saying on page 89, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. Um, It works when all other activities fail. So this really is about helping other people and and of course the the caveat to that is that you know I'm helping myself. And with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Wendy M, please share with us. Uh, yes. Good morning. It's Wendy M in recovered in Colorado. Grateful to be on the line. Um, thank you, Kathy, for your service, everybody on the line this morning. And um, I just thank God for the absence I have this morning. So the first thing I say, when I'm working with a sponsor and we're going through the book, early on, I say, whatever I'm talking about on this page, you know, let's let's really study it because you're going to be doing this, you know, soon, fairly soon, you're going to be sponsoring. And I always, always um, read the book with that in mind. And sometimes I've got sponsees who say, I don't think I'll be able to do that. Um, and I just assure them that they can. The reason they can is because they're uniquely qualified. Everybody on this line is uniquely qualified to sponsor, to to talk to another. And, you know, they say win the confidence, um, entire confidence of another in a few hours. I was at the birthday party. The entire confidence was being won in minutes, right? I'd meet someone boom, here's my story, here's your story, we understand each other, we're not alone, and, um, but, and we are uniquely qualified um, to do that. So I just want to emphasize, and also people on the line now whose defects of character are up, their fear, their perfectionism, and that's why they're not sharing, please share, because you are uniquely qualified to share this message with me and, and everybody else. So I just want to start with that. Um, you know, and when I came into the rooms, um, my first meeting was in uh, Los Angeles as Friday night and I was home. I heard other people say, I can't control my food. I do. And I said, Oh my God, me too. And I, and I do with food, what you do with food. And um, we can identify our insanity and not just the insanity of the food, but also the way I treat other people, the way I treat myself, um, you know, how I walk through the world. And I just love that it's me too. I do that too. And me too. I totally understand there's that instant identification, um, and I just love that. And then the other piece here, no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please. And, and so this is not a convincing program. I don't have to convince anybody. This is not the Wendy show. This is not my book, my program. All I have to do is read the book, right? It takes care of itself. And I just love also, you know, I was a taker. I was a user. I was somebody who, what can I get from you? I didn't want to give anything. You know, and here it says no fees to pay, no access to grind. This is a this is an amazing program. I don't know. The traditions are like magic um, because they create a safe place for us to find each other 
and to share. And it is most effective. Someone recently said to me, the thing about vision is I'm better at helping people. When I was helping people before vision in OA for 15 years, I was not very useful. I was doing the best I could. I was in the convincing, um, you know, industry, and I was just winging it. And now there's a very specific way that I can help people, and I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to complicate it. I don't have to think about it. All I have to do is exactly what was done to me, which is to walk through this book with another. And with uh, that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy M. Jamie F., please go ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Jamie F. I'm recovering in Philadelphia. Thank you so much uh, for the meeting. I want to speak to um, my experience and the simplicity of this paragraph. Um, I'm really also very interested in what it does not say. Um, and in my experience, there's been times where I did not reach out to sponsors because I thought they had to be a certain way or because I thought that finding a sponsor was a process of almost like uh, dating or something, almost like finding where the exact right chemistry is there or thinking that they had to have some specific understanding about my uh, stage of life or could very uh, specifically relate to my age or where I lived or what my life experience was and was not. And as an addict, I've made it very, very complicated as to who I should ask to be a sponsor. And uh, as if there was a, you know, a complex formula associated with it. And I've been in a way and not abstinent but thin and had people asking me to be their sponsor specifically because I was and I've even said, well, I don't, I'm not abstinent. And they say, well, I just want you to because I want to have what you have. Um, so, you know, I've, and I've done it anyway. So I, I think what I'm trying to say is that it's very simply one person very honestly taking the hand of another person and telling them, this is what I experienced and this is the solution that I have. And nowhere in there does it say anything about, search through hundreds of names or people and analyze them until you have precisely you know, the right type of person who speaks in the right style, who has the same you know, age, race, gender, height, whatever. And that's not to say that you know, we don't relate on specific things. Sure, we do. But I, I just, as an addict, have used that to complicate things a lot and, and not get recovered, basically, because it wasn't the quote-unquote right sponsor in the quote-unquote right way. or um, you know, And it, it's just so much more simple than that. It's so much more direct than that. But I think that all of the turmoil that I've put on, into it on the past has, has just been another form of denial, excuses, lying, not wanting to be honest about what the problem is and what the solution is. Um, you know, people have said, well, what exactly are you looking for in a sponsor and what do you need and what, you know, this kind of stuff. And, and I thought, you know, now, where I am at now, I need somebody who speaks the truth and I need to listen, open and honest. And that's what I need. The rest is kind of, uh, you know, just let the chips fall where they may. Uh, so that's that's been my experience on what doesn't work, how I've made that paragraph more than it is and added all types of things that are there. So just to say the simplicity of it, the 
open-heartedness of it is is what works and is what's beautiful about it in my experience. And I sure wish I hadn't wasted so much time trying to make it more complicated than it is. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Jamie S. Um, Let's see. Next is Ashley P. Thank you. Ashley P. Hi. Th- Go ahead. Hello. Oh, thanks. Uh, hi, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Um, you guys can hear me. Yes. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Good morning, everybody. Um, really grateful to be on the line today, and thank you, thank you for your service. Um, and and welcome, welcome, welcome to the newcomers. Um, I really love the the shares so far. Um, and I, I really relate to these paragraphs, um, because I, like other people who have shared, have definitely spent my time, um, in, in rooms with, um, psychiatrists and therapists and, um, and also in, uh, treatment centers and those interactions were full of, um, dishonesty and keeping things to myself um and i i at the time knew to a certain extent that i was um but also had no real idea what um honesty was so didn't really have a frame of reference uh for that and um so it was really impossible to to be helped at all um and so what I love about these paragraphs and what um, I really love about this program is that it gives me the ability to be honest. Um, and so when I'm discussing um, with a, with a, a newcomer um, what my eating and what my restricting history looked like um i I had the ability to do that with a a depth of honesty that i've never known before um and that's because somebody did that with me and bared their soul with me and i don't have the embarrassment i don't have the shame and i don't have the guilt that i did for so many years around these behaviors and and that is just an an absolute um, miracle. I never thought that I would be able to discuss the, the ways that I ate, the ways that I restricted, or all the things that were important to me without feeling like there was something wrong with me. And um, and it, it, now it's just my experience that um, I can share those things on um, a, a regular basis, and and that that tape that. Um, I'm bad. I did something bad, um, and I will always be that way. That it, it's not totally gone, but it's eased quite a bit. Um, really grateful to have gone down and um, shared uh, at another meeting this weekend, and oh, uh, uh, I think that's time. So um, I just want to say that one of the biggest 
miracles in this program is the ability for us to be honest with ourselves and honest with others. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ashley P. Stacy B., please go ahead. Thank you for your service. Kathy, this is Stacy T., recovering compulsive overeater in Cleveland. And <clears throat> I found this, um, what we read, really helpful. I had been to uh, therapists and lots of dietitians and nutritionists, and um, the therapist asked me why I was eating, and I told them what I thought was the answer sincerely. <clears throat> um, and uh, the solution was uh, to work through the issues that uh, brought me there, and that somehow that would resolve um, my food issues. Well, that that never worked. And then I progressed to going into um, my first meeting, OA meetings, <clears throat> and there it was shocking to me. The people spoke out loud about what I thought had done and um, where I said I would never go with the progression of my um, disease, which I have. And <clears throat> and so I learned a lot more about sharing, and I learned a lot more about um, some of my behaviors and some of my foods. And it wasn't until <clears throat> I started coming to A Vision for You, and it's been a slow process for me, of really hearing then I have an allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, and that my mind is absolutely wired to uh, not want to be in the truth, not tell the truth, be in the truth, that I am powerless <clears throat> over many of my thoughts. And, um, and I am now learning, again, slowly, um, that... I need to ask a power greater than myself for help. Um, I love what somebody else shared this morning about picking up the phone. I, I'm, I am one of those people that has some perfectionism, which I didn't even realize until I started working my fourth step. Um, and to say I need help with XYZ or <clears throat> I have distorted thinking I'm aware of it I don't know how to get out of it and so through being with all of you I'm learning that there is another way and to all of you that share um, I, I thank you very much uh, so with that I pass Thank you Stacy, for your share Okay, um, we have time for at least five more shares. Who would like to share? Reggie O. Okay, Reggie H. Reggie O. Terry H. I heard someone after Reggie. I'm sorry? Cat K. Cat K. Okay, who else? Chrissy O. Chrissy O. Anyone else? Uh, 
Okay, we'll go with those then. Reggie O, please share with us. Can you still hear me, Kathy? Yes, I can. Oh, great. Thanks so much, Kathy, for your service and everybody on the line this morning. This is Reggie O. Very gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area today. And boy, yeah, these three paragraphs, it's like, you know, every time I read paragraphs in the big book, there's always something there or a, or a deeper level or something. But, um, you know, I, uh, look, getting back in terms of, of therapist, I, um, when I, when I did go to therapist, uh, there was the, the problem was that I could not get what was inside of me beyond this invisible wall outside of me to actually be able to tell it to anyone, but I, I can talk. I, I had a good game and I, it, but I didn't mean for it to be a game. It just, you know, it just came out that way. That's what was going, you know, that's what was going on. And, uh, and I remember leaving a therapist's office one day and just thinking, oh my gosh, I just like really pulled the wool over her eyes. And I was mad. I was like angry because she didn't get me. That's not, you know, and, and what I, what I really needed was the things that we do in the steps here. Those are the conversations that I really needed. And I, I didn't know that. And, um, uh, I had two, the last two people who took me through the steps, uh, one in another program and one in Vision for You, were both men. I had never had a male sponsor before. I just thought, yeah, I just have to have a female sponsor. I wouldn't feel comfortable with a male. But what, what drew me to both of them was their recovery. You know, one of them I knew as a friend before, and I, he just had the most amazing recovery. And it was the same thing. I was very drawn when I heard, uh, heard the man who took me through the steps in Vision for You speak you know and it was like yeah I mean I knew he got me because I heard him share about his experience um, and you know I never felt that great about sponsoring before and when I was in you know OA earlier I had good re- I had good recovery at that time but I, I, I always felt like my job was to uh, that my job was to help people stay abstinent and I just didn't that was such a great responsibility you know and but and there was that you know really large focus on food and food plan and of course that's step one here and we do have to do that but the you know the the answer is these twelve steps that we're looking through and uh, and, and this whole, no holier than thou attitude you know the whole what it's not uh, and then the what it is 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 you know when we help people we help them because we know we've been there done that and you know when people help us and I'm continually helped in this program, you know, by every person that I hear share on the line because, you know, they have their perspective and something maybe that I haven't thought of. And it's just, it's an amazing, an amazing, um, it's just a, an amazing, miraculous way of, uh, of, of, what would I say, renewal, that's the word they use in the big book. Um, so anyway, just really, really good to read this and, um, and know, you know, know more and more what my job is, is taking through and taking someone through the steps. And, uh, and that's, I'll pass with that. Thank you, Reggie O. Terry H., please go ahead. Star one, Terry, on mute. Sorry about that. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, Yeah, like everyone else, uh, most everyone else, I spent a lot of years in uh, therapy and treatment. And it was, you know, it was good for me, um, for my PTSD. But not, not, 
not really uh, addressing my eating disorder. Um, I went to um, uh, hospitals for my eating disorder, and you know those hospitals were good for getting me healthy physically. Uh, however, it didn't really address my mental obsession. And today I'm I'm armed with the facts about my eating disorder. I am 100% powerless and um, over compulsive eating, bulimic, bulimia, and anorexia. And, you know, when I came into the rooms, you know, I heard this message um, about my problem a lot, about my, you know, over and over about my problem. But it wasn't until I uh, started uh, listening to people who were recovered as a result of working the steps that I understood uh, what the solution was. And I'm just really grateful for that and those people who um, before me worked those steps and understood that they had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And, you know, by working their steps and having a spiritual experience as a result and um, all the steps, working that 12 steps, passing on that message to me. And, you know, I was, I was there. I was ready to hear it. And today I'm just very grateful for um, going through that process and having that spiritual experience with my higher power. You know, today I'm armed with those facts. I know 100% that I'm powerless and I have an eating disorder. But I don't live in that um, eating disorder today. I live in, you know, in my life today and enjoying uh, my life today as a result of going through that process. Um, right now I'm driving from uh, Williamsburg, Virginia back to Hillsboro. We got 12 inches of snow last weekend. I just kind of got away for the weekend and, and just had a really great time and enjoyed, enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I know today that my recovery and this freedom and this joy and this peace that I've enjoyed this weekend is a result of working my steps, working my program, and working with others. And I, I'm just really grateful for the opportunities that I do have. And, um, you know, for the newcomer, just keep at it. It's worth it 100%. And you've got to take the actions. You've got to put down the food. You've got to get abstinent. And you've got to take the actions and get a sponsor who is recovered and has had a spiritual experience as a result. And uh, thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Terry H. Kat K, please share with us. Hello, Kat K, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, am I heard? Yes, you are. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, this is such a wonderful um, line today in terms of what is being shared and what um, I've been coming to with somebody I've been working with in program. Um, the fear of working with others. And I remember that for myself as well. And um, I remember sharing with my sponsor my nervousness of working with others. And um, I just very vividly recall, it's like, what other options? What other options do you have? You should be more scared of not working with others. And um, I got to say that that is true because in the years that I was relapsing in the four years prior, it's because um, I worked an 11-step program. Um, I never ever came to the 12th, never came to the 12th step of working with others. 
And I recall such fear of working with others that I even had a moment of thought, like, well, maybe if I pick up again, I can go back to step one, then I, then I don't need to work with others. And I realized just how insane that thought process was that I'd rather jeopardize my recovery out of fear and that that made no sense that I'd have to continue living my life in fear running from working with others or running from confronting anything real that may um, disturb me or challenge what is, all, what is just comfortable. So, um, you know, my sponsor always said, you know, your mouth, God's words, pray. And, um, yeah, that worked for me. You know, I had to let go of the fear, pray, and um, just pray for inspiration and pray that what I'm saying is not, not just right. And, and my sponsor said, you know, if people want what you have, so people um, want this program, even if regardless of your intervention, they're going to get it. If they don't want it, they're not going to get it. It has very little to do with you. Um, this book has an outline. We're just, we just work with others the way the book describes. We actually we do the action, don't control the result. Um, and that was really helpful. And thank, thankfully, thank God, I've been able to um, overcome that fear, work with others, and it's just been extremely, extremely rewarding personally as well. So thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Kat K. Chrissy O, please go ahead. Hi, my name is Chrissy O. I'm in Florida, and I'm um, fairly new to the vision and working with a sponsor. And um, this is my first time sharing. And I um, have been in OA for a long time, mostly out of OA. Um, Full of disease thinking and um, resentments, um, to um, hold, holding, making excuses for myself uh, with the disease's assistance to keep myself out of OA because those people don't know what I'm where they don't know me, you know, kind of. But anyway, um, I'm a little nervous. The uh, psychiatrist, impossible to to persuade. Um, I remember being at doctors and doctors telling me how I need to lose weight, how I need to just follow a healthy food plan, healthy diet, and um, hoping to be able to do that, but not being able to and feeling humiliated and um, then into the next paragraph. Um, I've had it pointed out to me when they use italics in the big book that back then it was an extra fee to have print put in italics that this that it was a very important what um what the uh, authors of the book are trying to tell us but the ex problem drinker who has found this solution so that right there tells me you know that um whoever is going to be able to help me has to have already has to first of all be an ex-problem drinker or eater and has found the solution. So, you know, I know this this title, there is a solution, there's a solution, one solution, and um, I'm not sure I can, I know exactly what the solution is, but I'm thinking that the solution is uh, 
summing it up is to is to have is to surrender my life to God's will for my life. And um, then the next paragraph that the man who was making the approach has had the same difficulty. I started working with a sponsor um, just yesterday, started reading. I've been abstinent, cleanly abstinent for four, today's the fourth day. And I was hesitant. I'm listening to her to see if she's just mm, what I judge to be one of these people in OA who needs to lose 10 pounds and wants to fit into her designer jeans. Or if she's, and maybe that is, or if she's really, really like me, you know, a town and dirty compulsive overeater. So I'm glad that she's like me and I'll pass. Thank you, Chrissy O. We have time for a couple more shares. Who would like to share? Penny C. Penny C. And one more? Linda D. Okay, Linda D. Thank you. Go ahead, Penny. Okay, um, I hope you're timing me. Thank you. I'm Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from the Boston area. Um, And every time we read this paragraph, by the way, thank you, Kathy. Um, Every time we read this paragraph, it reminds me of the responsibility that I have as an ex-problem eater who has done the steps and who, who has experienced the gifts of doing the steps and the gift of working with others. And the thought came to me this morning about a friend of mine who many years ago, um, her brother had kidney failure and um, the whole family was tested and she was the only one that, that was a perfect match. And I asked her at the time, are you anxious about this? And, you know, are you going to, are you going to give it to him? And she said, Penny, I'm the only one. I can save his life by giving him my kidney. And I only need, we only need one kidney. By giving him, I can save his life. And so I feel responsible. And, you know, the analogy goes with this, I believe, too, that because we who are recovered have that ability to relate to another compulsive overeater better than any psychologist or psychiatrist can, then, you know, we can lives. And um, if I look at it from that viewpoint, maybe this morning made me think, you know, I ought to make more calls than I do. I ought to be sure I'm out there, you know, being available to help other people. I can save their lives. What, what an awesome thought and what a great responsibility and with God's help, I can do it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Penny C. And Linda D., please share with us. Hi, this is Linda D. from North Carolina. I'm grateful and recovered for today, one step, one day at a time. I'm struck by the words here. Um, Impossible to persuade an alcoholic. You know, we say we're a program of attraction, not promotion. And um, so, yes, um, it is impossible to persuade. Why? Why was I unable to be persuaded? Well, this, you know, 
I think the reason that I can say that folks could not persuade me, um, well, no one really tried because I hid my food problem, but um, uh, intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and doctor. Why? Because they're closer to us, because there's more shame, there's more fear. We're unable to, I'm unable to be persuaded because I feel shame. This is about shame. And in the rooms, I found people who banished my idea that I was terminally unique in my, in my shortcomings. Oh, yes, I felt that way, too. Oh, yes, I've, I've, I've been through that, too. There's nothing that I'm saying that hasn't been felt or experienced by someone else in that room, and I'm not judged for it. Um, so this was such a tremendous um, healing experience for me in the rooms, and I think that's why an ex-problem ink eater or drinker who's pro- properly armed with facts about himself, and I, I underline that, properly armed with facts, can win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours that has started to happen for me, and it sometimes doesn't even take hours, but it doesn't happen because I'm trying. It happens because I'm changed, and people see that. As a recovering food addict and a recovering control freak, I thought I always had to be trying, forcing things to my will. But what I understand is that my witness to how this program works is just in how I am now, and you know, by no means am I where I want to be ultimately, but um, properly armed with facts about myself means that I have been honest with myself and I know my shortcomings. Honesty is the key. And until I have reached that, I really can't bring it to anybody else. So I just love this paragraph and I just wanted to share about that. We don't have to be ashamed. It's the shame and the guilt That'll kill us with the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And thank you to everyone who has shared today. Um, I really appreciate all of it. Um, We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Queen O., um, to please read, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Kathleen. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.